Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride.
release of the supernatural right now. The Holy Spirit is about to move in this place like never before. The power of God is about to touch you like never before. The power of God is about to heal you like never before. Wherever you are, just lift up your voice and just bless the name of Jesus wherever you are. Lift up your voice and just exalt the name of Jesus Christ. There is a release of the supernatural. Yeah, we're about to sing it. Sing it. 
your professional future but not sure what's next? The Ohio State University Fisher College of Business can take your education and career to the next level with its highly ranked working professional MBA. With flexibility to earn a degree entirely on campus, online, or a mix of both, an MBA from Ohio State is more accessible than ever. To get started, visit go.osu.edu slash WPMBA. The Ohio State University Max M. Fisher College of Business, where principled leaders are created. Strike! Jeez, hopefully this is the last pitch. What in the walk-off world? That's a Skag Liberty Z zero-turn mower. That cat's eye gold color. Tough as nails, tubular steel frame. Comfy, thick cushion seat. Powerful engine, heavy duty cutter deck. Stay up! What's the call? Um. The moment you know you want a Skag. Visit skag.com to find out why Skag mowers are simply the best. Hallelujah. We give you glory. 
and do what God had called us to do through speaking his word. Hallelujah. Amen. So we just give God the glory. Hallelujah. We thank him. We magnify him. We glorify him. Hallelujah. It's just something about when we give God the praise. Hallelujah. Lord on this morning as we begin to go ahead into our study. Hallelujah. With the book of Nehemiah. We're still in the book of Nehemiah chapter 8. Amen. And we're finishing out. We have 13 chapters all together. And through these 13 chapters, I believe that God is talking to us, especially us leaders. Amen. You know, this is a book where the Lord begins to speak to a great leader. And that leader we know is Jeremiah. God begins to talk with him. Amen. Guys begin to um, talk to him and not only talk to him, but God begins to show him what to do and how to do things when it comes to building the wall. Amen. Building the wall in Jerusalem. And not only does he teaches him and show him how to build the wall. Amen. In Jerusalem, but he also, amen. He also teaches him how to, um, teach the people and working together in unity. Amen. So this book deals with leadership. It deals with building our character. It deals with us knowing that our faithfulness is unto God, not unto people. And when God sends us to do a uh, mandate, a uh, assignment, we must go forth and do what God is calling us to do. Because a lot of times um, things may seem not easy or things may seem hard when we get there. But you got to know that when God give you a task and God give you an assignment, God will be there with you. Some people may walk away. Yes, they all may walk away. But you have to stay grounded in God. You must stay in the word of God. You must stay in a place of prayer. You must know that no matter who walks away or what walks away or how they do things. If God have called you to it, he's going to make sure that he sees you through it. Is it easy? No, it's not. But when God is in the midst of things, he begins to comfort you. He begins to strengthen you and he will send those hallelujah to be there to be a help to you. So I want to encourage somebody on this morning. Don't give up. Don't give out. Continue to do what God has called you to do because at the end, guess what? He's going to say good and faithful servant because you have done what he has called you to do. And I just want to thank God for everybody that is joining us. We don't take it for honor. I mean, we don't take it for granted. Amen. On God using us as he used us the way that he used us. Amen. I'm Lady Apostle Robin, and I'm going to be doing the study on this morning in the book of Nehemiah chapter 8. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you and we thank you for giving us the, 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 the grace and giving us the strength to be here on this morning. Allow your word to fall on good ground. Allow your word to touch our hearts of your people that they would not be the same again. In the mighty name of Jesus, hallelujah. Decrease me that you may increase, that the words shall come forth, hallelujah, like running water so that the people will receive life, life, and life more abundant. In Jesus' name, amen, and glory to God. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Okay, we're going to go ahead, and we already know the book of Nehemiah. We know that the book of Nehemiah tells us such a great story, hallelujah, of the return of the exile and the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. It also helps us to understand that God has put 
such a great man in position, a man that has character, a man that, that knows that character is first. He's a man that has alertness. He's a man of God that is attentiveness. He's a man of God that has the availability to do what God has called him to do. He was a man that was full of limits, meaning that he did not just use what he um, earned through his prophets for himself, but he used it to feed those that worked with him. He used it to bless those that was around him. He was a man of boldness. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Nehemiah. He was a man that um, knew that character first was more important than just building a wall because he was a man of compassion, a man of contentment. He was a man of creativity. He was a man of desistance. Excuse me, decisiveness. He was a man of dependability. He was a man of determination. He was a man of diligence. He was a man of discernment, discretion. He knew how to endure. He was full of he was he was very enthusiastic. He was very he was a man with great faith. He was a man that was flexible. He was a man that was forgiving, a man that was generous. Hallelujah. He understood what generosity meant. He was a man of obedience. He was a man of orderliness. He was a man of patience. Oh my God. Patience is so hard when you're dealing with hard, back, hard neck people. But he was a man of patience. He was a man of resourcefulness, a man of responsibility, a man of security, a man of thoroughness, a man of sincerity. And also he has such a sensitivity for the people, a man of self-control, a man of tolerance, a man of virtue, a man of wisdom. He was full with meekness and loyalty and justice and joyfulness, initiative, ready to initiate whatever goal or whatever project that was before him. He was a man that was full of joy. So he had joyfulness, humility, hospitality. He was so grateful. He was full with gratefulness. My God, he was gentle. Hallelujah. He was a man of honor. Like I said, he knew what character first meant, not only in the eyes of God, but also in the eyes of the people. So this book of Nehemiah through chapters 1 through 7, what we have studied, we know that Nehemiah secures permission. You know, he didn't just go on his own. He didn't just say, I'm going to go build this wall. He didn't just say, hey, I'm going out to do this work because I feel like this is the work that I got to do. No, he went out and he began to build the wall because God told him to through prayer, through um, supplications, through seeking the face of God. And then confirmation was through the king because when he went to the king, hallelujah, didn't even say anything but the countenance on his face. Hallelujah revealed something to the king and the king began to confirm what God already told him. So he had permission to leave the land that God had sent him to serve in order to go and rebuild the walls and the gates in Jerusalem. But guess what? Everybody wasn't pleased with this. Hallelujah. You know, you're always going to have some haters. You're always going to have people that's going to try to put you down and try to make it seem as though that you do not respect or want to put your character first. So they begin to lie and they begin to say all types of vile things against you. Amen. These type of people, hallelujah, don't want to see you fulfill the work that God has called you to do. They don't want you to rebuild the walls that have fallen down in people's life. Walls, hallelujah, of unforgiveness. Walls, hallelujah, of, of bitterness. Walls, hallelujah, of perversion. Walls, hallelujah, of disappointment. Walls of frustration. 
They, they don't want, hallelujah, you to help rebuild these walls because they don't understand that family is first. They don't understand the family unit that God has brought together in order for we as the people to be able to be strong, to go out and put our hands together to rebuild what God has built us. So these type of people I'm talking about are spirits. These was the people that were called Symbolic and Tobiah and Gisha. Hallelujah. The Arabian, a man in particular. Come on now. We know that Tobiah name means God is good. Hallelujah. How could my enemy name means God is good? Because when my enemy come in like a flood, all I got to remember is know that God is good. And no matter what seems to get in my way, no matter what seems to try to overtake me, even though Tobiah is trying to come and get me, I know that my God is good. So sometimes you just need that word of encouragement. Somebody, sometimes you just need to know somebody's name and what they name me because that name brings that word of encouragement even though they are the enemy hallelujah I know that God is good hallelujah and then Gisha means a shower of blessing because my enemy and I know that God is good and if I go ahead and finish the work even though my enemy is coming up against me my enemy is speaking against me and it's never those that are far from you but it's those that's all is close to you. I know that if I stand the test and I weather the storm, I know that showers of blessing because Gisha is after me. Showers of blessing is going to be my blessing. And then to symbolic, I know for sure God always revealed to redeem. So I know my enemy is in secret. Symbolic name means enemy in secret. So God have already revealed my enemy in secret, Sabiah. I mean, excuse me, Sabalit. And then God have already let me know that even though I've revealed your enemy in secret, Sabalit, know that Tobiah is also with him, but God is good. And even though Symbolic and Tobiah are on the same team and they're trying to come after you and take you out, Gisham is also part of the crowd. But I'm here to tell you, I'm about to shower down my blessings because even though they're coming in as three, know that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, glory to God, is coming to be there to fight for you. So these individuals, hallelujah, which were neighboring rulers, they were governors, those that did not want to see the wall we built. Why? Because they wanted to still take control and manipulate the people. But God had another plan, hallelujah, in mind. That's why God brought Nehemiah. But I thank God for Nehemiah's discernment. I thank God for Nehemiah's faithfulness. And I thank God for Nehemiah's focus. Because when Tobiah and Symbolic and Gisha knew that they could not get Nehemiah off the wall, they tried to come in another way. They tried to lure him out from him fulfilling the task, fulfilling the work. They tried to put fear in him. They tried to discourage him. But Nehemiah kept his eye on God. He kept it his eye on the promise. He kept his eye on what God called him to do. So when they knew that they could not lure him away, they knew that they could not negotiate anything else. Why? Because Nehemiah, his obligation was unto God. His obligation was not unto man. His obligation was not unto those who did not like him. That's why you can't worry about who don't like you. You can't worry about who don't agree with you. You can't worry about who's not there for you. Let me tell you something. God is with you and he's with you to the very end and if he have given you the vision he will give you the provision he will also give you the decision and bring those in to help you 
fulfill that vision. But Nehemiah knew that there was a trap that was set. So that's why every time that they came, he declined their invitation. He continued to build, had the sword, the word of God in one hand with the tool in the other hand. Not only was he setting an example, but he was showing the people that even though when trouble come in like a flood, you got to keep building with the word of God in your one hand and in your, in your tool in the other hand, your tool of prayer, your tool of obedience, your tool of sacrifice, your tool to your trust in God as the word of God continue to keep you strong and lift you up. And the word of God becomes your sword to cut down every negative, hallelujah, thought or vain imagination that is trying to be cast, hallelujah, on you and every negative plan of the enemy and device that is trying to be thrown at you. The word of God, which is the sword of the spear, would be able to cut it, hallelujah, and destroy it. But you got to continue to do just as Nehemiah did. He continued to build the wall. He knew that they were trying to set a trap for him. But at the same time, even as he began to build the wall, the thing was they were trying to create such a great anxiety, a pressure, so that he can try to, so they can make him try to take his focus away from what he was doing. But could you just imagine that even during this time, how he could still build and also could try to keep the people in order as well as dealing with his enemies? See, I know that for sure that God was with him because guess what? He built the walls in 52 days. He did not allow nothing to come in between him. God has given us walls and gates to build. It's been 20 years. It's been 15 years. It's been 10 years, five years, hallelujah, three years, one year. And we still not have, have even finished building the wall. 52 days, hallelujah, is nothing but almost two months. But it took, it takes us years and years. Why? Because of disunity distrust, hallelujah, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, enviness. That's why we cannot fulfill and build the wall. So this book of Nehemiah from chapters 1 through 7 is teaching us that no matter what comes our way, we should continue to build the wall. We should not allow the walls and the gates not to go up or be put in place. Because when we don't build the walls and the gates, guess what? There's no, no security they are not secure, meaning that the enemy can come in through every which way. But at the end of the day, they did it. They built the walls. They built the gates. And that's why now in the book of Nehemiah chapter 8, we're going to celebrate the milestone. The milestone of these leaders, these individuals, hallelujah, that work with Nehemiah to finish building the wall. So this is a day of celebration. Hallelujah. A celebration because they begin to build the wall. But then at the end of the day, they ask, hallelujah, Ezra, to get up and read the book of the law of Moses. Because anytime we build something, anytime we put things in place, now you have to build the foundation, meaning building it on the word of God. You can't just build a building without the blueprints. And then not only the blueprints, but also the architect has to go in and make some other arrangements. And then once those other arrangements is done, then the builder goes in and begins to build. But the builder is not the only one that's involved in the build. You got the surveyors, you got the county, you got the state. 
create because there's different guidelines. Hallelujah. There's different measures. There's different things that has to be in place. So there are a team of individuals in this project. So you got to make sure that something is read, something is brought forth to put things in order because now that the walls and the gates are, have been built, now order needs to be in front of the people. That's why Isaiah the priest. Are you passionate about your professional future but not sure what's next? The Ohio State University Fisher College of Business can take your education and career to the next level with its highly ranked working professional MBA. With flexibility to earn a degree entirely on campus, online, or a mix of both, an MBA from Ohio State is more accessible than ever. To get started, visit go.osu.edu slash WPMBA. The Ohio State University Max M. Fisher College of Business, where principled leaders are created. Cedar Point's Frontier Festival is back and brimming with new flavor. From May 26th through June 19th, this Old West-inspired street fest will fill Cedar Point with live bands, nightly hoedowns, and a hubbub of family activities. Yup, you'll find wheelbarrows packed with sunflowers and characters straight out of the frontier. But you'll also discover 25 cherry-inspired dishes and over 65 cocktails, seltzers, and beers. Get all the fixins plus savings to boot with the Frontier Festival bundle, which includes admission, parking, and a tasting card. Only at cedarpoint.com. He's brought the law before the congregation, before the women, before the men, before the children. He, there was no discrimination so that they can hear and they can hear with an understanding. And it was the first day of the seventh month because everything needs to be said within that first time perimeter of anything that you begin so that so everybody can have an understanding so that they will be ordered. Amen. So so now we're going to talk about why this was so important and what happened when this um, did. But what I want to do is I want to read something out of my commentary. Hallelujah. For chapter 8. Amen. And it's talking about leaders celebrate um, the milestone out of my commentary. Hallelujah. In my Bible. Um, effective leaders appreciate the value of celebrating momentum things that God has done. When a task is complete. When the test is complete, results of chi are people are served, they make time to rejoice. When the people finish the wall, Nehemiah launched a celebration. Isaiah led off by reading from the law, the motivation behind Nehemiah's mission. The words kindled both godly sorrow and genuine joy. Then with heartfelt praise, choice, and even an amen, a song. The community applauded the work that they had accomplished with God's help. Nehemiah also sent portions of the food unto them from whom nothing is prepared. He brought the party to the poor, sharing the wealth, because no one should be deprived of joy. As leaders, we must create ways to celebrate milestones. Rejoice opens the door to worship of the Lord, the source of all good gifts. Let us praise him for giving us the task and the means to accomplish it. So this right here is letting us know that they begin to celebrate the milestone. The milestone was them building the walls, the gates, amen, that took them only 52 days. So they wanted to, they wanted to um, um, bring in um, a, a joyful celebration. They, they wanted to give honor where honor is due. You know, I was just talking about this to someone the other day. We want to give honor when somebody dies, but we need to start giving honor before they die. 
We need to give them their flowers now. We wait till people pass on and get up and say such a great speech about them. But why can't we get up and say such a great speech about the people while they're in the land of the living? So this is what Nehemiah and Isaiah, they begin to do. They begin to celebrate the finishing the wall. Nehemiah didn't take all the credit like, oh, I built the wall and it was only because God sent me and because I'm called and I've been in ministry for 30 years and I did this and I did that. Uh-uh. He knew that it took a handful of the people, the community, to help build the wall. It wasn't just him that built the wall. He gave credit to where credit was due. The people helped build the wall. Amen? So he wanted them, the people to know that this celebration is for all of us, men, women, boy, and girl, because we all built this wall. We all labored. We all came, um, the enemy came up against all of us. Then when we began to build the wall, the rich came in and tried to take our homes because we went into a famine. They tried to come in and trick us and take our land and put our children in slavery, but we still had the sword in one hand. We had our tool in the other hand, and we continued to build because in the beginning we told God first, and then we told Nehemiah that we are going to strengthen our hands together and begin to build the wall. So guess what? We want to make sure that our words is in good time. Our words is very important. What we say and how we say it. So when we make promises, we need to keep what we say to what we say and how we say it. But in the book of Isaiah, excuse me, in, in chapter 8, Isaiah begins to read the book of the law. Amen. So go to me, go with me to um, Nehemiah chapter 8. And we're going to go ahead and um, that's where we're studying it now. So Bible is back there. If you don't have a Bible, you got it on your phone. That's good. Amen. So it says, and all, excuse me, and all the people gathered as one man at the square, which was in the front of the water gate. Which, which was in the front, which was um, at the front of the water gate. front of the water gate and asked Isaiah the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses which the Lord had given to um, Israel then Isaiah the priest brought the law before the assembly of men women and all who could listen with understanding on the first day of the seventh month he read from it before the square which was in front of the water gate from early morning until midday in the presence of men and women those who could understand and all the people were attentive to the book of law Hallelujah. First of all, let's understand when this took place. The event of this time, it took place the first day of the seventh month. So by this time, this is considered the first day of the new year, according to the Jewish civil calendar. Not the calendar set forth in the scripture. There, So there was a parallel to new beginnings in accordance with man tradition for treating each new year. This was also the same day when the first wave of Jews returned from exile, who set up the altar. They restored the basic schedule of sacrifice, even before the foundation. Amen. So when you go to the book, Hallelujah, Zyra. 
hallelujah, chapter 3, verse 6. From the first day of the seventh month, they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord. But the foundation of the temple of the Lord had not been laid. So in the beginning, they had already began to make sacrifice. They already began to praise God before they even started building, before they started doing anything. Why? Because it's so important that we build prayer on everything that we do in the beginning. Everything that we start, everything that's in the middle, everything that's in the end. And even when we're finished, we need to keep prayer before us because the enemy, I'm telling you, he comes in like a flood. And he don't just use people that are far from you but he used people that are so close to you to try to hinder you try to make you take your focus off on where God is taking you it's not that the people don't like you it's not that the people don't want to be with you but if the enemy can find any way to get into their mind and try to disrupt what God is calling you to do he would do just that so in this particular case what I'm saying is that you must you must continue to put prayer First, no matter if you finish something, no matter if you begin something, prayer needs to be first. It needs to be in the middle. It needs to be in the end. And even when you finish building or finish doing what you're doing, you need to still pray. When God blesses us and God gives us things and God do things for us, we stop praying. We pray, but we don't pray like as much as we was praying hard before, before he did that thing. You know, we was in church every day. We was in church every week. We beat the pastor to church. We was the last to leave. Hallelujah. But now when God has blessed us, Amen. Let me tell you, I know this for sure because I remember when I was at first a babe in Christ. I went to church, but then it was like when I was going through stuff, I was always there on time, blah, blah, blah. But when God began to bless me, guess what? I stopped coming on time. Matter of fact, I wouldn't come a week. Sometimes I wouldn't come for a month, but when something else happened real drastic, I run back to the church, and I stay in there for a month, and when God started blessing me again, I come back out to church, go back doing what I'm doing, and I kept doing it, kept doing it, and God kept saying, wait a minute, you can't pimp me. You can't play me. Hold on, wait a minute now. No, you owe me something because you made a vow to me. You told me. You didn't tell the pastor. You didn't tell the women or the men of God what you're going to do. You told me. Because the time when you was in your secret closet at home when nobody was around, you cried out and said, Lord, if you just help me. Lord, if you just do this to me. So that was between me and you. That wasn't between you and your pastor or between you and your deacon or between you and the evangelist. This was between me and you in the midnight hour and the night when Nobody was there, but you cried out to me and said, Lord, if you do this for me, my God, I'll make sure when you bless me. But you didn't do it. So what I'm saying to you is that they knew how to put God first before they laid down anything. And the book of Desire goes back to let us know that before they even laid the foundation, what I just read in the book of Isaiah, um, um, chapter 3, verse 6, that they gave praises. They lifted up everything before they finished the temple. Amen. So we must continue to do the same thing. Hallelujah. We must continue to, 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 to bless God. So at the same day, the first day of the seventh month was the Feast of the Trumpets. The tenth day of the month was the Day of Atonement. And the 15th day through the 22nd days of the month is the Feast of Tabernacle. When you go to the book of Leviticus, chapter 23, verses 23 to 44, that talks about that. So we know that this took place where in front of the water gate. See, the, the water gate is symbolized the word of God. Come on now. Water, Holy Spirit. Come on. Water, when you hear water, it represents Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is what? God. And who is God? God is the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. So the water gate symbolized the word of God. But the thing is, 
it might be important to note that this does not take place in the temple courts, but it was in the center of the daily life of the streets. So they did not just do this in a church building. They did this in the streets. They did this outside the church building. They did this in the highway, the byway, the freeway. They did this in the grocery store. Come on, they did this in the gas station. They did this, okay, they did this at KNG. You, you know KNG, we out men get the nice suits. KNG the store. They did this in the parking lot. They said they did this in the street of Jerusalem. So this right here lets us know that this reflects the goals of the, the, um, God's word. And guess what? It was not restricted just to be in a sanctuary. It wasn't just to be in a church building. We must take the gospel outside the building. The people are hurting outside the building. The people are hurting outside the church. We the people don't want to go outside the church. We want to sit in the church and wait for the people to come in the church. But we got to go outside the church. So right now, we're in building mode. We're in building the word of God. We're in building, meaning that we're putting forth the word of God. We're teaching the word of God. And then we go out and we go get the people. Because, see, we have to strengthen ourselves first through the word. So when the people come in, we are strengthened. We are ready to pour out into them and be firm because, you know, the enemy also coming. Hallelujah. It ain't just the people coming, but the enemy coming too. So you're going to have to be strong and built up in the word of God before you can just go out there and just call yourself doing ministry. See, even as an apostle, it's not for you to just take over a church. An apostle comes in and set the foundation. Set the foundation through the word of God. Set the foundation through the biblical, hallelujah, standards, through God's word, through the apostolic, hallelujah, prophetic foundation. To putting people in place, putting people in positioning, training, leading them, bringing them to a place of leadership, um, getting them strong, building their faith through the word of God, getting them to stand on God, not on them, not on depending on them, but depending on God, building them so that they'll be able to hold up and be as pillars so that as they begin to do the work of God, that they're working together as a unit, collectively together, and so that the fivefold ministry can come together as one. So we must understand and know our calling, know our mandate. Because at the end of the day, like they're saying, these people requested that Isaiah read them the law. He, he said, no, now we have built this, this wall. Now we need to make sure that everybody has an understanding. We need to make sure that now these walls and these gates are built now they were burnt down. They were destroyed. There was no order. But now, because God has sent Nehemiah, God didn't just send Nehemiah to build the wall. The story ain't just about building the wall. The story is about salvation. The story is about reconciling the people back to God. Because they have left, they left God when their walls and gates was destroyed. Most of them lost trust in God. Most of them started sinning and doing all type of other things. So God brought him back to restore the people back to God. So there had to be order that was brought into place. So that's why they asked Ezra. Matter of fact, they didn't just ask him. They requested and, and told him, we need you to read the law. Because at this particular time, it was very important. Amen? Because one of the requirements of the law was that it be read aloud to the people every seven years of the Feast of Tabernacle. So this was part of their tradition. So this was something that had to be done. This ain't something that they just made up. But the people, every seven years, they had to be, uh, reintegrate the law so that the people can't say, well, we did not know. Or the people could not say, well, they didn't told us, tell us. 
You know, people always do that. People always say, oh, they didn't tell me. Oh, I didn't know. But at the end of the day, even though it was a celebration, they still had to be commanded. Because even in the book of Deuteronomy, when we read the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31, verse 10, um, um, chapter 31, verses 10 and 11, then Moses commanded them saying, at the end of seven years, come on, at the time of the year of recommission of death, at the Feast of Booths, when all Israel come to appear before the Lord, your God at the place where he would choose, you shall read the law in front of all Israel in their hearing. Come on. That right there lets us know again. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31, verses 11, I mean 10 and 11, the same thing. Seven represents the word complete. Seven means complete. So when they finished building the walls, the walls were complete. It was seven years. So completed walls, seven years, now it had to be read. So at the same time, how did um, Isaiah respond to their request? Amen. He did what they asked. He brought it out. He did not say that it was going to be hard. He read it because he wanted them to know that you're going to have to understand what this means. Amen. He did not say to them, oh, amen. He did not say to them, oh, this is going to be hard or this is going to be difficult or, or those that are not spiritually gifted may not have an understanding. No, he didn't go through that. He knew that the spirit of the Lord will download in their hearing and make them have an understanding on what he was reading. So he began to say the word. And when he began to say the word, it lets us know. That Isaiah the scribe stood upon the pulpit wood where they made for the purpose, and beside him stood Matana and Shama and Anaya and Uraja and Hakiah and Messiah on the right hand, and on the left hand, Padiah and Mashiach and Machaka and Hesham and Hashabinana and Zechariah and Meshalem. And Isaiah opened the book in the sight of the people, for he was above all the people, and when he opened it, all the people stood up. They recognized the word of God. They honored the word of God. They reverenced the word of God. We don't even honor or reverence the word of God no more. We don't even bring Bibles to church anymore. Amen. We just use our phones and sometimes we just come and depend on the word of God through the man and woman of God. But I must tell you that that's not good because remember that you got to learn the word of God for yourself. You can't just go off what people tell you in the word of God because the devil knows the word of God. Amen. He'll come in and lie and twist the word of God and then you're listening to the enemy and it's not even God God's word. Why? Because you don't have nothing in front of you to go and see that it's God's word. So that's why you got to study and approve for yourself. The Bible says for us to study and approve for ourselves so that we can make sure that the word, because at the end of the day, we can't say what we didn't know. Can, can we read? Is we read the newspaper? Are we reading our checkbooks? Why can't we read that? Why we don't understand the word of God? There's no excuse. So Isaiah opened the book in the sight of all people. I read that already. <clears throat> And said it again. And Zion blessed the people, the great God. And all the people answered, amen, amen. When they said amen, amen, that means what? That they acknowledged it. They understood it. When, when a man or woman of God is ministering the word of God, and when they say amen, that lets us know that you're connecting. Amen means I understand. Amen means I hear you. Amen means that's the truth. And so when people come in, they don't amen or whatever, they ain't hearing you. They just come and sit and really they just in the days. They just hear because they just want to come to church. See, you got people that's just in church because it's just tradition. Go to church. But are you really hearing the word of God? 
You know those that are really in church and hearing the word of God because they say amen. Just sometimes look and see. And all the people answered amen, amen, with lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. So, um, so now the teachers of the book of the law. So when they begin to do all this, we know for sure that they had an understanding. The priority of church leadership in this case was them supporting the word of God, was supporting those that God will put before them. And when they began to stand up, when the book was open, they reverenced God's word. They understood genuine worship. See, genuine worship begins with proper acknowledgement of God. Amen? Genuine worship is affirmed by the body when they say what? Amen. Genuine worship is accompanied by what? Humility and repentance. Because guess what? They bowed low and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. What does that, what's that, what does that represent? That represents what? Humility. That represents um, um, reverence to the Lord, meaning that they reverence God. They get on their knees. They bow down to the ground. They worship God. They didn't care who was looking. They didn't care what people said, but they love God so much that they just worship God. That is a sign of humility. That is also a sign of repentance because you don't have to repent out loud to tell people, oh, I did this wrong or I did that. But when you go before the Lord and you bow down and you go in such a humility and go in such a reverence, that's also a sign of repentance. Amen. Hallelujah. And um, so let's read on. So they read in the book of the law and God distinctly gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, which is the Talhatha and Isaiah the priest, the scribe and the Levites that taught the people, said unto all the people, this day is the holy unto the Lord your God. More not nor we, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Come on, when they heard God's word, we don't even weep no more. Hallelujah. You know, I was very, like, you know, even with men these days, when they're hurting, and there's nothing against men or anything at all, but we have, even from a child, as, as I have two young men, 28 and 30, so I understand what I'm about to say. When your children even small and they're boys, what happens is when you tell them when they fall down, what do you say? Get up. It don't hurt. It's okay. Don't cry. Don't cry. So we want them to be what? Strong. But guess what? It does hurt. They fail. It's okay to cry. Just because you cry doesn't mean you're weak. But now men don't cry. Men hold in so many feelings that they don't cry. They don't, they don't release. But I saw something this weekend. A man cried. You wouldn't think like he would cry. And I said that, you know. Ah, nothing beats grilling on a Sunday afternoon. Oh man, will you look at that? John finally did it. He got a skag, Tiger Cat 2, zero turn mower. There's no mistake in that cat's eye gold color. Durable, tough as nails, tubular steel frame. Comfy, thick cushion suspension seat. Powerful engine. <coughs> well, I hope the kids like their burgers well done. The moment you know you want a Skag. Visit Skag.com to find out why Skag mowers are simply the best. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. 
Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. But as he began to weep, wow, it showed that men can't cry. Men can't cry. Men can't cry. It's okay to release. So at this particular time, they began to weep. They began to just, uh, they were so grateful that God even thought about sending Nehemiah to rebuild the walls that were torn down, even though it was not all the fault of the wicked governors. It was also some of the family's fault why they were going through what they were going through because some of them were sinning. But God forgave them. God had mercy on them. God gave them a second chance. And because God gave them a second chance, let me tell you, they was able to weep. Why? Because they was honored. They they, 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 they was grateful. When God do something for us and we know that we don't deserve it, we need to be more grateful. We're not even grateful anymore. When God brought bring us out of a place where there was no hope, and when we get to where we are, we just step all over God. Well, how do we step all over God when we're still in the church and we still call ourselves men and women of God and we're still doing the work of God? Because God, the people that God has sent in our life to be that help, we have walked over them, stepped on them, dogged them. So you're doing it to God because God is in them. We don't reverence God anymore. We don't reverence the things of God anymore. We don't, we don't, we don't take, you know, I'm in a place where now I, had to, I ask God to say, God, I need to come back in the place of your glory. I'm telling you, that I, I'm all, the glory of God is already on me. That's not what I'm saying. But I was such in a place where it was just me and God, where the glory of God was so strong, where when I walked out the door, the glory, my God, was just everywhere. That's the place I want to be back in God. That's the place I want to be back. I'm talking about me right now. Not you. I'm talking about me. I want to be back in that secret place with me. I'm not saying that I'm in a secret place with God. I'm praying, I'm doing, but I want to be in a better secret place with him. I want to be in a, a place just me and him. Meaning that I don't let nothing, things that go on around me disturb me. Meaning that I don't take it so to heart when arrows come at me. When javelins come at me, when everything that the enemy tries to throw at me come at me, I know the enemy hates me. Why? Because I'm a son of God. I'm a child of God. He hates me. So he's going to try his best to try to ruin me. But the devil is a liar. It shall not stand neither come to pass, says the Lord. So you got to know who you are in God. And Nehemiah. So he went to them, go, away, eat, fat, drink, sweet, send portions unto them whom nothing is prepared for the day is holy unto the Lord. And then 11, so the Levites stilled all the people saying, hold your peace for the day is holy. Nearly be ye grieved. And all the people went their way and eat and drink and send um, portions to make great math because they had understood the word that declared them. Now, chapter 13. And on the second day, we're gathering together the chief of the fathers of all the people, the priests and the Levites and Zion, the scribe, even to understand the words of the law. Even they came together. Remember, they spoke the word, but the leaders came together themselves to understand more of the word. Because now that they have spoke the word, they have released the word in the atmosphere, meaning that the enemy is coming for them. 
So anytime you release something before God's people and you do something before God's people, you better know the enemy coming for you because you have released life. You have released something that's going to push them forward. And the enemy don't want us to go forward. So he's going to come and try to hit you first because you spoke it. So he's going to hit you hard. I mean, he ain't hitting you with people that's nowhere close to you. He's hitting you with people that stand right next to you to use them. He's hitting you close. So you got to know that it's not them. You can't be against them. You got to pray for them. You got to come against that spirit. Because the spirit is trying to overtake them to try to cause you to move out of your place. That's why they had to come together. They came together to understand the words of the law. And they found written in the law which the Lord had commanded by Moses that the children of Israel should dwell in the booths of the feast of the seventh month. And that they should publish and proclaim in all their cities in Jerusalem saying, go forth into the mount and fetch olive branches. Talking about the anointing. And pine branches, and myrtle branches, and palm branches, and branches of the thick trees to make booths. And this is written. So the people went forth and brought them and made themselves booths. Everyone upon the roof of the house and in the courts and in the courts of the house of God. And the street of the water gate and the street of the gate of Ephraim. And all the congregation of them that were come again out of the captivity made booths and set up under the booth. For since the days of Joshua, the son of Nun, until the day that had not the children of Israel done so. And there was very very great gladness and also day by day with the first day until the last day he read the book of the law of God and they kept feast seven days on the eighth day was a solemn assembly according and to the manner hallelujah so that right there just reminded us that after all what they have done come on now they had just came to the very end the celebration because right there where it says that and the last thing it says here, it says uh, Ephraim. That's right, Ephraim. We know that Ephraim. It says it says right here, um, verse sixteen. So the people went forth and brought them and made themselves booth, every one upon the roof of his house and in their courts and in the courts of the house of God in the streets of the water gate and in the street of the gate of Ephraim. Ephraim means fruitful. It means doubly fruitful. So this right here. They painted this great picture, putting God's word into practice. The water gate. Remember, the water gate represents what? God's word. So it produced a harvest of a right spiritual result, the gate of Ephraim. That's why it was God's word that must be read daily. It was it's God's word that they must depend on. And the true commitment to, in all that they do is in God's word that leads them to an ever deep commitment to God. See, in God's word, it allows us to be sustained, secure, and to be able to understand who God is himself. It brings us into a relationship, an intimacy with God, being in God's word. So that's why they wanted to make sure that at the very end, that everything that they have brought out before the people, the law that was spoken out to the people, that they came back as the priests and the fathers of Levites and the scribes to understand the word of God, the same word that they put out before the people so that they can go ahead and seal this. 
They had to be sealed. And that's why they had them go out and to bring, hallelujah, the olive branches and the pine branches and the myrtle branches and the um and, and the and the palm branches and the and the branches of the trees to make these booths because this represented a place that is like a, a tent, a house. House tent, it represents security. It represents safety. Anytime you build a house, it's for you to have what? Safety. For you to have covering. For you to have protection. A place for you to be able to dwell in. So that's why they had them build these things so that they would have a place to dwell in. But at the end of the day, this was great, y'all. At the end of the day, this was truly um, a joy of, of the Lord. That's why when we begin to read God's word, we know that God's word is holy. It's sacred. Amen. We don't need to be afraid of God's word because it's God. See, the joy of the Lord is our strength. This is also words not to be taken lightly. But these are words that we need to continue to say and keep in our spirit. Why? Because we know that life is full of grief, difficulties, troubles on every side. But when we have the joy of the Lord in our heart, it does not allow us to allow these things to take us over. Having the joy of the Lord as our strength, it allows us to get through these difficult times. And for us to have the joy of the Lord um, in our strength, it allows us to have a deeper relationship, a deeper in, um, intimacy with God, knowing that he's smiling down on us. See, we were never promised that walking with the Lord would be easy. They never said walking with God going to be easy. See, when they ordain you and they put that coat, that collar on you, and they put that name on you, they don't say, oh, the devil coming for you. Hallelujah. They don't, they don't, you know, they don't tell you that, but he's coming. Hallelujah. Anybody that the Lord allows us to ordain, oh, we're we going we gonna to let you know he's coming. And he's coming in like a flood, but guess what? It would not stand. Neither would it come and pass, but he's coming. It says that they should surely gather. The Bible says they shall surely gather. Meaning that no matter how nice you are, no matter what they what you give them, no matter what you do for them, they surely should gather against you. But guess what? It would not stand for his name's sake. Amen. But they're going to gather. They're going to try to come up against you, but it won't stand. So we was never promised that it would be easy. But of course, we was promised that we should have a life, a life more abundantly. We, you know, the Bible tells us that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. See, God warned us. He said the thief, he's coming to kill you. He's coming to destroy you, and he's going to come and try to steal everything that I gave to you. But let me let you know this. I'm giving you life, and I'm giving you life more abundantly. So because you have life, he has nothing but a lie. So a lie has nothing over life. A lie has nothing over truth. But he's coming for you. But know that I'm giving you abundance of life. So as we continue to know that the joy of the Lord is our strength, that's why we must continue to say that to ourselves daily. We must be like Nehemiah. Nehemiah is a truly example. He is a model for leaders in this century. He lets us know that no matter what, he had to stand, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the Lord. He understood that no matter what, he had understood that everything that he must do must be what God called him to do. He must not let nothing or nobody detour, detour, excuse me, detour him or move him out of his positioning. He was sent by God. 
So because he was sent by God, he had to finish the work that God called him to finish. So therefore, he was in a place where he knew that if he just continued to focus on God, continue to trust God, that the joy of the Lord would be his strength. Even though the enemies kept on coming, trying to trick him and lure him out of his place, guess what? He put character first. He was a man that was alertness. He was a man that had hospitality. He was a man with humility. He was a man that was loyal. He was a man that was faithful. He was a man that was prayerful. He was a man that was full of intercession. He was a man full of enthusiasm. He was a man that always knew how to bridge things together and always bring unity and teach the people to let them know, look, this is true. This is the truth. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. This is what's coming up against us, but we cannot allow this thing to stop us. We got to keep our sword in one hand, our tool in the other hand, and we got to stay on the watchtower, continue to pray, continue to watch out, and continue to build. And don't let things that's going around us, things that's coming in the atmosphere, in the hemisphere, in the stratosphere, begin to hinder us. Because it's going to come in like a sound, but we got to block those sounds. If it ain't something that's coming from the Holy Ghost, glory to God, we cannot allow that to come into our hearing. We got to make sure that it's only God's word and God's voice. Because the enemy always try to come in sounding like God. Remember, he wanted to be God, but he couldn't be God. And because of that, he got kicked out of heaven. So he's trying to see who he can get down here first. But guess what? It should not work and it should not come to pass, says the Lord. So I hope that in this teaching on this morning that you were blessed. Amen. And I believe as we continue to learn and teach the word of God that your spirit will be strengthened and that the joy of the Lord shall be your strength. And know that because the reading of God's word is so sacred and it's so holy and we continue to read it and we cannot be afraid of it, but we got to be able to take it and use it and keep it within our hearts, not just quoting the scriptures, but living them. I know for sure that God will do what he says he would do. So we thank God for you joining us. And on next week, by God's grace, we will be in chapter 9. Again, I need for you to make sure that you begin to study, hallelujah, this week, so that when we begin to teach, guess what? This won't be new to your hearing because you have begun to study and you have begun to look at the word of God. So we will all be on the right page. So just in case if you got any questions, just in case if you want to ask anything as we're teaching, you can always send a comment online, any suggestions, long as it's the word of God, long as it's the truth, you can always share your comment because I believe that God has some great scholars out there, some great teachers out there, and it's always good for us to come collectively and share the word of God, no matter if you're not here, no matter if you're where you are, but because we're able to share through the comments, please share your word. So we thank God for you. We thank God for your family. We thank God for you joining us. I am Lady Apostle Robin, and until next time, we'll be back here at 6 p.m. this evening, so please come out and join us. Hallelujah, and we thank God for you. We're located at 1115 Hicks Boulevard, Suite 5, Fairfield, Ohio, 45014. And again, we have food, so anybody that are looking need food is free. We have a pantry, Unlimited Grace Prayer Ministry, um, Outreach Pantry. We have food for you, so please, um, we give it out after the service. So if you come this evening, we'll be able to give that to you. And you don't have to just be in Butler County, whatever county you're in. We are able to give food out all over a mine. So come on out to be blessed. And again, that address is 1115 Hicks Boulevard, Suite 5, Hamilton, Ohio, 45. 
414 Suite 5. And then you can even call us uh, at, excuse me, um, the number is, uh, excuse me, hallelujah, I forgot the number. But you can reach out at 513-341-0980. Uh, 513-341-0980. Uh, the other number for the pantry, I believe, hallelujah, came back to my remembrance, 330-330. I have it for you at 6 o'clock service. Amen. <laughs> hallelujah. Hold on. Let me get that number for you. I got it right here. One second, please. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. 513 348 4822. 513 348 4822. 513 
but the harvest is plenty. But God will send a divine people to help you. Don't lose hope. Don't lose faith. Don't lose courage. If God told you to open the door to the church, even if it's not one person, even if it's two people, open the door. Go out in the streets. Go out in the highway. Do what God has called you to do. We're not the norm. It's not the same. It's not going to be just everybody crowding up in the building. It's going to be a place of worship, a place of the fed God's word, but we got to get the people. The people are hurting. The people need a word of God. They don't just need a prophetic word. We got a prophetic word, but we, they need the word of God. Let's get them God's word. Come on, y'all, let's read. It. Let's, let's get ourselves back together, leaders. Let's be built back up on the foundation of the word of God. So that the apostolic prophetic anointing can be released and that power demonstration can happen again in our life. That the power gifts begin to work. People are getting out the wheelchairs, the blind is seeing, the deaf is hearing, the mute is talking. Come on, y'all. It's time to get up. So don't get discouraged. This ain't the time to give up. This ain't the time to throw in the towel. Because guess what? God going to throw the towel back at you. I know because I did it. I threw the towel in like, God, this is it. I'm done. He threw it back at me like, hey. You, you, you don't give the order. You don't tell me you done. You shouldn't have never started. So be encouraged. God bless you. In Jesus' name. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details.